0: previously on Breakdown. With the Georgia situation, he did it himself. He called up Raffensberger on the phone and extorted him, you know, in my opinion, if, if you listen to the phone call and i I think that there's at least a fact issue there so as a prosecutor i would look at it since you've got donald trump on the phone making the phone call himself you didn't have uh one of his lackeys do it it wasn't eric it wasn't don jr it wasn't ivanka it was him and so why would you use rico just charge him with extortion you don't need to go through enterprise and pattern With the Fulton County special purpose grand jury set to go silent at the end of the first week of October until after the elections, we had been bracing ourselves for some last minute business and it happened. Late Friday afternoon on October 7th, five new out of state material witness subpoenas were issued to some instantly recognizable names. They include former Georgia Congressman and Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, and former National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn. Interesting developments, for sure. But on a late Friday afternoon? Come on. Hello again, and welcome back to Season 9 of Breakdown, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that takes you inside Georgia's most important cases. I'm Bill Rankin, the AJC's legal affairs reporter.
1: And I'm senior reporter Tamar Hallerman. Trust me, I was surprised by the latest subpoenas, too. I was sitting outside at a brewery after a bike ride when I first saw the filings. They include an out-of-state witness subpoena implicating someone else involved in the Coffee County election data breach. There's another for one of Trump's senior advisors at the White House. And one alleges a concerted effort to harass, mislead, and intimidate a Fulton County poll worker who had simply done her job.
0: Coming up, we will explain how Gingrich and Flynn are connected, why Lindsey Graham's name is popping up again, and the six events this investigation seems to be focused on.
1: This is Episode 15, It's Newt's Turn, of Season 9 of Breakdown, The Trump Grand Jury, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
2: Knock that fire down, 19.
3: Copy captain, let's move! ABC Thursdays.
2: Firefighters, were family.
3: Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has
0: explosive chemicals. Get down!
3: fiery romances you're the love of my life and andy is finally in charge
1: i'm gonna be the best damn captain the station has ever seen
3: station 19 all new thursdays 10 9 central on abc and stream on hulu
4: it's the south's biggest deal for ajc podcast listeners for a limited time subscribe and you'll get digital access to the ajc for a per week for life. As long as you keep your subscription, that's our sports and politics coverage, breaking news and in-depth investigations, food and dining and more from ajc.com every day for life. You'll also unlock access to our app, exclusive films, events and newsletters. Subscribe now by going to ajc.com/start. That's ajc.com/start for new subscribers only.
0: Before we get to those out-of-state subpoenas, there's also the appeal by U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham that's still looming out there. Legal briefs have been filed. We're now waiting for a ruling by the Federal Appeals Court in Atlanta, officially called the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals.
1: Graham is actually litigating his case on two fronts. In one, the one that's ripe for a ruling any day, He's asked the 11th Circuit to put a halt to the special purpose grand jury investigation while his appeal is considered in full. It's called an emergency motion to stay the order by U.S. District Court Judge Lee Martin May that requires Graham to testify before the special grand jury. That is, only testimony that doesn't involve his legislative business under the Constitution's speech or debate clause.
0: Graham's motion for the emergency stay says... The senator is highly likely to prevail in his appeal of May's order because his phone calls to Secretary of State Brad Rappensperger were part of his legislative duties. He contends those were necessary because he had to decide after the 2020 election whether he should certify Joe Biden as president under the Electoral College Act, and, at that time, he chaired the Senate Judiciary Committee, which reviews election-related issues.
1: His motion says if the court does not grant the stay, Graham will have to testify and be asked questions the grand jury should be forbidden to ask under the speech or debate clause. And this, in essence, would make Graham's appeal of Judge May's order a moot issue.
0: It's no surprise that the Fulton DA's office doesn't think Graham's appeal will be successful. Here is their response to the 11th Circuit. Quote, The senator's position, which would allow him to dictate when and where he will be immune from questioning or liability, renders him precisely the sort of unaccountable super citizen which the U.S. Supreme Court has taken care to avoid.
1: That's in reference to a 1972 ruling against Senator Daniel Brewster of Maryland. Brewster was indicted for bribery, and his judge dismissed the bribery count citing the speech or debate clause. The U.S. Supreme Court reinstated those bribery charges, rejecting his speech or debate claims. Brewster wound up pleading no contest to a misdemeanor charge.
0: But the Fulton DA's point is that the Brewster opinion held that political matters, like what it claims Graham's calls to Raffensburger were, are not protected by the speech or debate clause. The DA's office cites Graham's notable speech on the Senate floor to say he was not going to object to Biden being certified as the duly elected president. He did not credit his conversations with Raffensperger as a reason why.
5: I just think it's a uniquely bad idea to delay this election. Uh, Trump and I, we've had a hell of a journey. I hate it then this way. Oh my God, I hate it. From my point of view, he's been a consequential president. But today, First thing you'll see. All I can say is uh, count me out. Enough is enough.
0: This is Graham just hours after Trump supporters breached the Capitol, forcing a lockdown until order was restored.
5: Georgia, they said the Secretary of State took the law in his own hands. He changed the election laws unlawfully. A federal judge said no. I accept the federal judge even though I don't agree with it. Fraud. They said there's 66,000 people in Georgia under 18 voted. How many people believe that? I asked, give me 10. I hadn't had one. They said 8,000 felons in prison in Arizona voted. Give me 10. I hadn't gotten one. Does that say there's, there's problems in every election? I don't buy this. Enough's enough. We got to end it. Vice President Pence. What they're asking you to do, you won't do because you can't. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. The final thing, Joe Biden, I've traveled the world with Joe. I hoped he lost. I prayed he would lose. He won. He's the legitimate president of the United States. I cannot convince people, certain groups, by my words, but I will tell you by my actions that maybe I, among any, above all others in this body, need to say this. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are lawfully elected and will become the president and the vice president of the United States on January the 20th.
1: So we're waiting for the 11th Circuit to issue its decision. If it rules against Graham, we're expecting him to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court.
0: This is a case that could set an important precedent and be cited for decades and decades to come.
1: Now for the out-of-state material witness subpoenas. We told you in an earlier episode to watch out for a petition to be issued for the testimony of former Georgia Congressman and Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. We based that on a telling letter written by Benny Thompson, chairman of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection that invited Gingrich to come testify. The out-of-state witness subpoena issued to Gingrich cited that very letter.
0: That was a good catch, Tamar. The material witness subpoena says Gingrich lives in McLean, Virginia. A judge of the Circuit Court of Fairfax County will make the decision whether the former speaker must come and testify on November 16th. Since shortly after the presidential race was called for Biden, Gingrich has been an election denier. Here he is during an interview on Fox News.
2: First you go out and the Democrats steal five or six states, and that's what Republicans believe we're watching. Uh, We think we have evidence of a lot of it. I think he would have to do a lot to convince Republicans uh, that this is anything except a left-wing power grab financed by people like George Soros, uh, deeply laid in at the local level. And frankly, I I think that it is a, a corrupt, stolen election. I mean, the fact is we believe in Philadelphia, in Detroit, In Milwaukee, uh, in in, uh, Arizona, I suspect they're going to try to steal North Carolina next. In Fulton County, Georgia, we believe these people are thieves. We believe the machines are corrupt. They stole what they had to steal.
1: The subpoena cites information made available to the select committee. It says Gingrich was involved with the Trump campaign in a plan to air TV ads that, quote, repeated and relied upon false claims about fraud in the 2020 election. They encouraged viewers to contact their state officials and pressure them to overturn the results of the election. And it says those ads were purportedly aired in the days leading up to December 14, 2020, when electors met to cast votes for the Electoral College.
0: The subpoena also says Gingrich allegedly urged the Trump campaign, quote, to air advertisements promoting the false narrative that election workers had smuggled suitcases containing fake ballots at Atlanta's State Farm Arena.
1: It also repeats what Chairman Thompson wrote to Gingrich when asking him to testify before the select committee, that Gingrich sent an email to Trump campaign officials that said, quote, the goal is to arouse the country's anger through new, verifiable information the American people have never seen before. And if we inform the American people in a way they find convincing and it arouses their anger, they will then bring pressure on legislatures and governors.
0: And the subpoena says Gingrich was also involved in the plan to have fake Republican electors meet in Georgia and cast Electoral College votes for Trump, and that on November 12, 2020, he sent an email to White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows asking if there was someone in charge of coordinating all those electors. We've reached out to Gingrich's attorney, but didn't hear back.
1: The January 6th committee said Gingrich told Meadows that Atlanta lawyer Randy Evans had made the point that all the, quote, contested electors must meet on the 14th and then send in their ballots. Evans was ambassador to Luxembourg under Trump and served as Gingrich's general counsel when he was Speaker of the House. You may remember we interviewed him for one of our initial episodes when we asked him if he thought Trump broke the law.
2: But if we narrow down to the particulars of what I understand uh, the DA to be looking into, which is, you know, whether there's uh, uh, any criminal or illegal conduct, uh, you know, I, I don't even think it's really close, uh, to be fair.
1: I reached out again to Evans last week to see if Fulton prosecutors had subsequently gotten in touch with him. He confirmed that, yes, he's scheduled to testify in front of the special grand jury after the elections. I asked him what kind of knowledge he might have that the grand jury would be interested in. He cited some research he did when he was counsel for then-House Speaker Dennis Hastert in 2000, when the office was caught in the middle as Al Gore and George W. Bush battled it out for the presidency.
0: Evan said Hastert's office was briefed by Bush and Gore's teams about how different ways challenges could play out. Something that came up? The appointment of a contingent set of Democratic electors in Hawaii when there was a recount underway following the 1960 presidential election.
1: So why was Hastert's office in the middle of this in the first place? The Speaker of the House is second in command after the vice president as electoral college votes are being tallied. And in 2000, Al Gore was the vice president, and there were some questions about how things would work if he was actively contesting election results. Here's what Evans told me last week.
2: As you know, in Bush v. Gore, you know, there were a lot of things going on, including litigation and recounts, et cetera. One of the possibilities that came up was they didn't finish the recount by January 20th, in which case Speaker Hastert would have become the acting president. We fully explored all of that.
1: Evans told me that in late 2020, when he was in Luxembourg serving out his last weeks as U.S. ambassador— He was getting questions about his old research from his Hastert days. That, he said, is why his name got caught up in these recent select committee documents for Newt Gingrich's testimony. Remember, Evans is also representing several witnesses who have been summoned by the January 6th committee and the special grand jury.
0: Another notable person to be served an out-of-state witness subpoena, Michael Flynn. He's a former U.S. Army Lieutenant General who served briefly as National Security Advisor under Trump in early 2017. Later that year, Flynn pled guilty to making false statements to the FBI during Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian interference in the 2016
1: election. After his guilty plea, Flynn begins cooperating with the Mueller investigation. But then he fires his legal team and hires attorney Sidney Powell to represent him. After that, Flynn takes a far more adversarial posture with the Justice Department. In court filings, Powell contends Flynn was innocent and accuses the government of misconduct. Flynn later tries to withdraw his guilty plea.
0: Before all was said and done, just three weeks after the 2020 presidential election and a day before Thanksgiving, Trump grants Flynn a full pardon from any and all offenses arising out of the Mueller investigation. Then. Just three weeks after that, Flynn appears on Greg Roberts' reports on Newsmax.
2: I think that the, uh, the well, number one, President Trump won on the 3rd of November. The, uh, the things that he needs to do right now is he needs to appoint a special counsel immediately. He needs to seize all of these Dominion and these other uh, voting machines that we have across the country. He needs to go ahead and uh, prioritize by state and probably by county Fulton County, Maricopa County as an example. These machines are clearly, clearly, there is, a, there is a foreign influence that is tied to this system and it goes back to China, likely goes to Russia, likely goes to Iran. We know that Venezuela has participated in the development of these machines. There's been problems all over the country with them. This uh, not only Dominion, but also this Smartmatic software. So he, he's got a couple of options that he can take and he needs to take them, he needs to take them right now.
0: And Flynn also says Trump has this option to take.
2: He could also order, he could order the, the um, in, within the swing states, if he wanted to, he could take military capabilities and he could place them in those states and basically rerun an election in each of those states. I mean, it's not unprecedented. I mean, these people out there talking about martial law, it's like it's something that we've never done. We've done, martial law has been instituted 64, 64 times, Greg.
1: Flynn's subpoena makes note of that Newsmax interview, and it says that on the very next day, December 18, 2020, Flynn, Powell, and Trump campaign officials met at the White House. Media reports have said the meeting focused on invoking martial law, seizing voting machines, and appointing Powell as special counsel to investigate the 2020 election, all of which never happened.
0: The subpoena also cites an interview lawyer Lynn Wood had with CNBC in which he said he held meetings at his South Carolina plantation to explore options to influence the results of the 2020 election in Georgia and elsewhere. Among those in attendance, Flynn, Powell, Cyber Ninja's founder Doug Logan, and Patrick Byrne, the former CEO of internet retailer Overstock.
1: The subpoena says Flynn lives in Englewood, Florida and he's to appear before the special purpose grand jury on November 22nd.
0: Another out-of-state material witness is Jim Penrose. His subpoena identifies him as a cyber investigations and forensics consultant who worked with Sidney Powell and others associated with the Trump campaign. Penrose, who lives in Prince George's County, Maryland, is to appear before the special grand jury on November 29th.
1: It says he was among those who met at the Willard Hotel in Washington the day before the Capitol insurrection as part of a multi-state coordinated effort to influence the results of the election. Among those in attendance, Rudy Giuliani and John Eastman.
0: The subpoena says Penrose had multiple conversations with Powell and representatives of the data firm Sullivan Strickler between December 2020 and April 2021. It concerned an agreement to copy electronic data from voting systems in Coffee County, Georgia, Antrim County, Michigan, and Clark County, Nevada.
1: And it says it was Penrose who personally accessed the electronic data in possession of Sullivan Strickler and which had been copied from the voting system in Coffee County, Georgia, and that he arranged for the delivery of a hard drive containing this captured data to people involved in the efforts to influence the 2020 election.
0: It seems like with each new batch of out-of-state witness subpoenas, we're learning more and more about the extent of what happened in Coffee County and who was involved.
1: Absolutely. And I think we'll know a lot more when all is said and done. This is Breakdown from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
6: are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they
3: don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop.
7: Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop.
3: 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got
7: something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.
0: Eric Hirschman, who served as one of Trump's lawyers during his first impeachment trial, also was issued a material witness subpoena. He later joined the White House in August 2020 to be a senior advisor to the president. And of course, Hirschman gave some of the most memorable testimony before the select committee investigating the insurrection at the Capitol.
1: Here's Hirschman recalling what Eastman had told him about getting Vice President Mike Pence to reject the certification of Joe Biden as president by the U.S. Senate.
3: He described for me what he thought the ambiguity was in the statute. And he was walking through it at that time. And I said, to him, hold on a second, I wanna understand what you're saying. You're saying that you believe the vice president acting as president of the Senate can be the sole decision maker as to, under your theory, who becomes the next president of the United States? And you said, yes. And I said, are you out of your effing mind? Right, and I, oh, that was pretty blunt. I said, you're completely crazy. I said, you're going to turn around and tell 78 plus million people in this country that your theory is this is how you're going to invalidate their votes because you think the election was stolen. And I said, they're not going to tolerate that. He said, you're going to cause riots in the streets. And he said, worse to the effect of there's been violence in the history of our country, Eric, to protect the democracy or protect the republic.
0: And here's Hirschman recounting a conversation he had with Eastman the day after the insurrection.
3: And he started to ask me about something dealing with Georgia and preserving something potentially for appeal. Uh, And I said to him, are you out of your effing mind? right?" He said, I I, said, I only want to hear two words coming out of your mouth for now on. Orderly transition. And then he screamed and said, I don't want to hear any other effing words coming out of your mouth, no matter what, other than orderly transition. Repeat those words to me. And I screamed say- eventually he said, orderly transition. I said, good, John. Now I'm going to give you the best free legal advice you're ever getting in your life. Get a great F in criminal defense lawyer, you're going to need it. And then I hung up on him.
1: Fulton County's subpoena for Hirschman cites both of those conversations. It also notes that he had numerous conversations with Giuliani, Eastman, Powell, and others associated with the Trump campaign related to their efforts to influence the 2020 election. Finally, it says Hirschman was present at a December 18, 2020 White House meeting with Trump, Flynn, and Powell about martial law and seizing voting machines. It notes that, according to news reports, Hirschman was highly critical of those discussions.
0: And it says Hirschman was at a January 3, 2021 meeting with White House Counsel Pat Cipollone, former Acting U.S. Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen, and Acting Deputy AG Richard Donahue. The focus was whether to fire Rosen and replace him with Justice Department Attorney Jeffrey Clark.
1: Another topic of discussion was whether the Justice Department should send a letter to Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and other high-ranking state officials recommending the calling of a special legislative session. After Donahue told Trump there would be mass resignations at the Justice Department if these things occurred, a decision was made not to fire Rosen or send the letter.
0: The subpoena says Hirschman is scheduled, like Flynn, to appear before the special grand jury on November 22nd. It also says Hirschman lives in Austin, Texas, which could be a problem. In a previous episode, we told you that a majority of judges on the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals wrote in two opinions they did not believe a Texas resident needed to honor a subpoena from the special purpose grand jury in Fulton County.
1: That's largely because the judges said they don't believe the special grand jury is criminal in nature. Which is contrary to the finding that it is by Fulton Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney, who's overseeing the grand jury investigation. So far, Dallas based attorney and podcast host Jackie Pick has not honored her out of state witness subpoena. Pick testified at a state legislative hearing on December 3rd, 2020, and presented selected portions of the debunked security video footage taken election night at State Farm Arena.
0: Sidney Powell, who lives in Dallas, has also been a no show. So it's conceivable Hirschman could ward off his summons if he doesn't want to come to Atlanta and testify. It's still possible Fulton prosecutors could try again in Texas, or even go there to interview these out-of-state witnesses.
1: There's one more out-of-state witness subpoena that was issued by the special grand jury before their month-long break for the election. But it's not to someone who's a household name.
0: It's Stephen Cliffgard Lee. He's a police chaplain from Kendall County, Illinois. But before we get into why jurors will want to interview him, let's take a step back for a minute.
1: The grand jury investigation at this juncture appears to be centered on at least six sets of events. One, phone calls from Trump and his allies to Georgia officials.
0: Two, false testimony from Rudy Giuliani and his colleagues to Georgia legislators.
1: Three, the appointment of a slate of fake Republican electors in Georgia and other swing states.
0: Four. The abrupt leadership shakeup at the U.S. Attorney's office in Atlanta.
1: Five, the breach of sensitive elections data in Coffee County, Georgia. And six,
0: efforts to persuade a Fulton County poll worker to falsely admit to committing election fraud. We've told you about the strange, sad saga of Ruby Freeman before. She's the grandmother who was counting ballots at Atlanta's State Farm Arena alongside her daughter Shea Moss on election night. Trump, Giuliani, and others seized on surveillance footage of the two women. They saw it as smoking gun evidence of election fraud, fixating on Freeman and Moss pulling out what they described as suitcases of hidden ballots for Biden.
2: That woman, what could have taken those ballots out. Look at them scurrying around with the ballots. Nobody in the room hiding around. They look like this. They look like they're passing out dope.
1: A closer look from state and federal authorities revealed that Moss and Friedman did nothing wrong. The suitcases of fake ballots were actually official ballot carriers carrying legitimate ballots. Moss and Freeman faced death threats online. In emotional recorded testimony to the House Select Committee, Freeman described being nervous now when she's out in public.
7: There is nowhere I feel safe. Do you know how it feels to have the President of the United States to target you? The president of the United States is supposed to represent every American, not to target one, but he targeted me, Lady Ruby, a small business owner, a mother, a proud American citizen who stand up to help Fulton County run an election in the middle of the pandemic.
0: The threats that Freeman faced didn't only come from online. We told you previously about an in-person encounter she had at her Cobb County home with Trevian Cuddy, a former publicist for Kanye West in January 2021. According to a police report, Cuddy told Freeman she was a crisis manager who was sent by an unidentified high-profile person. Freeman called the cops, who suggested that she speak with Cuddy at the local precinct as they supervised. The police report from the encounter says Cuddy told Freeman she was in danger and had 48 hours to confess to committing election fraud or she and her family would be approached by a, quote, armed squad of federal officers. At the precinct, Cuddy said she wanted to put Freeman in touch with a high-level crisis manager with, quote, authoritative powers to get you protection that you need. Cuddy said the freedom of Freeman and at least one of her family members would be disrupted if Freeman declined her assistance. All of that, by the way, was captured by police body cameras.
1: Cuddy's testimony was sought by the grand jury in June. And last month, we got word that jurors approved an out-of-state witness subpoena for Harrison Floyd, the one-time director of Black Voices for Trump, who, turns out, was that high-level crisis manager mentioned by Cuddy. Floyd and Cuddy spoke at length with Freeman at the Cobb County Police Precinct, and, according to the grand jury, they pressured her to reveal information under the threat of incarceration if she did not comply. Floyd told Reuters in late 2021 that he got involved at the request of an unidentified chaplain with law enforcement connections.
0: We now know who that chaplain is. The subpoena says... Stephen Cliffguard Lee was responsible for asking Floyd to arrange the meeting with Freeman to facilitate those conversations. The DA's office says it's reviewed documents that show that Lee personally spoke with Floyd and Cuddy multiple times between January 4th and January 5th, 2021.
1: Prosecutors say they've also reviewed police body cam footage from December 15th, 2020, which shows Lee personally visiting Freeman's home which frightened the poll worker and caused her to dial 911 three times. In that footage, Lee admits to knocking on Freeman's door and offering to provide pro bono services to her, leaving and then returning a short time later.
0: Freeman later told the House Select Committee that the same week she was visited by Cuddy, the FBI got in touch with her and told her to leave her home for her safety until after the inauguration, and she still feels unsafe.
7: I'm always concerned of who's around me. I've lost my name, and I've lost my reputation. I've lost my sense of security. All because a group of people starting with number 45 and his ally, Rudy Giuliani, decided to scapegoat me and my daughter, Shay, to push their own lies about how the presidential election was
6: stolen.
0: And here's Shay Moss saying what the ordeal did to her.
6: It's turned my life upside down. Um, I no longer give out my business card. I don't transfer calls. I um, don't want anyone knowing my name. I don't want to go anywhere with my mom because she might yell my name out over the grocery aisle or something. I don't go to the grocery store at all. I haven't been anywhere um, at all. I've gained about 60 pounds. I just don't do nothing anymore. I don't want to go anywhere. I second guess everything that I do. Um, It's affecting my life in in a major way, in every way. All because of lies. For me doing my job, same thing I've been doing forever.
0: Looking at this latest batch of material witness subpoenas, there's a common thread that ties together almost every summons. With the exception of Lee, almost all of the subpoenas rely on evidence uncovered by the House Select Committee.
1: We previously told you that the January 6th committee was sharing information with Fulton prosecutors. Until now, we hadn't seen much evidence of that. Yes, some legal experts we interviewed had mentioned that some of the Select Committee testimony was helping paint a clearer picture of the state of mind of Trump and his most senior advisors. And I'm sure seeing additional testimony from Georgians, including Brad Raffensperger, B.J. Pack, and Ruby Freeman didn't hurt. But these are the first official documents from the special grand jury that show exactly how they're using information uncovered by the Select Committee.
0: Indeed, almost all the information undergirding Newt Gingrich and Eric Hirschman's subpoenas come from the January 6th committee. We saw another example last week when CNN reported that Cassidy Hutchinson, the former Mark Meadows aide who testified before the select committee, was cooperating with Fulton prosecutors.
1: We haven't been able to confirm that ourselves, but Hutchinson could, of course, paint a fuller picture for jurors about what was going on in the West Wing in late 2020 and early 2021. She could also specify anything that was said or done specifically related to Georgia. Meadows was, of course, on the January second, twenty 2021 phone call with Trump and Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. He also unexpectedly dropped by an audit of absentee ballot signatures in Cobb County, Georgia in late 2020.
0: Here's one moment of Hutchinson's testimony before the select committee where she remembers walking Rudy Giuliani out of the White House the evening of January second, two 2021. Giuliani had just met with her boss, Mark Meadows.
4: As Mr. Giuliani and I were walking to his vehicles that evening, he looked at me and said something to the effect of, Cass, are you excited for the 6th? It's going to be a great day. I remember looking at him and saying, Rudy, could you explain what's, what's happening on the 6th? Uh, and he had responded something to the effect of, we're going to the Capitol, it's going to be great president's going to be there. He's going to look powerful. He's, he's going to be with the members. He's going to be with the senators. Talk to the chief about it. Talk to the chief about it. He knows about it.
0: Hutchinson said she did just that.
4: After Mr. Giuliani had left the campus that evening, I went back up to our office and I found Mr. Meadows in his office on the couch. He was scrolling through his phone. I remember leaning against the doorway and saying, I said an interesting conversation with Rudy, Mark. It sounds like we're going to go to the Capitol. He didn't look up from his phone and said something to the effect of, there's a lot going on, Cass, but I don't know. Things might get real, real bad on January 6th. Speaking of Meadows,
1: we're now seeing some movement related to his out-of-state witness subpoena. A South Carolina judge will be holding a hearing in Greenville on October 26th, and you best believe Breakdown will be there.
0: Next on Breakdown. We take a deep dive into the meeting at the State Capitol of the phony slate of Republican electors and why the special grand jury has such an interest in what they did. You can't have
2: two competing slates of electors and there's only one that's the official slate. This is a effort to create by trick, scheme or device false writings to thwart or prevent the peaceful transfer of power.
0: As always, Thanks so very much for listening. Breakdown Sound Engineer is Shane Backler and our Podcast Program Manager is Jay Black.
1: Thanks to our Presentation Specialist, Pete Corson, our Editors, Jennifer Brett and Dan Kleppel, our Managing Editor, Leroy Chapman, and the AJC's Editor, Kevin Riley.
0: You can follow our daily coverage on our website, AJC.com. And if you really want to support local journalism, particularly our journalism, please subscribe to the AJC. Be safe and take care. Until next time, I'm Bill Rankin.
1: And I'm Tamar Hallerman.
0: This is Breakdown from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluesteak, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nigat, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.
3: Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now, the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com indictmentnewsletter Indictment Newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com indictmentnewsletter Indictment Newsletter.